Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. was there filming it with more of my premium content and in the end I remember asking my co-star later on he was like like what do you remember about me because you popped my porn cherry and he said you weren't nervous every good porno company I've ever known they hung up on me <laughs> is that what they do oh yeah well you know after being in business as long as I have like you do fundamentally start to realize that 99% of guys cannot do it maybe 99.9 for me I always say a man who can make a woman orgasm with his tongue and just his tongue deserves a special place in heaven. The burden of performance falls upon the man. That's just how it's going to be. You are the one fucking, she is the one being fucked. It's athletically demanding, which um, I like, but you can't, it's very like, it's long. Everything's long, everything. Yeah, yeah. But I think the thing that people are most surprised about is that on our shoots, we work like 15 hour days. everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. It is another fantastic Saturday. I am Layla. This time we're going to do something just a little bit differently. Normally I have my guest on and we do uh, interviews on Saturday. And this time I'm going to do, I want to do a recap. We're getting kind of close to the end of the year. And I was thinking, I just want to reshare some of my favorite episodes with some of my best guests. I love all my guests, but some people I just really, really resonate with and I love. And I think you guys can tell that. But in case you missed any of those fantastic episodes, I kind of wanted to throw some of those out there for you. Just a little, I'm going to give you little little snippets of each uh, episode and uh, then you guys can go back and hopefully give it a listen if you missed it or maybe go back and re-listen because you always hear something new when you go back. It's kind of like reading a book again or seeing a movie a second time. Just wanted to thank everybody that reached out over last episode's Tuesday's announcement about Roman swipes. Those are all gone. Those went so fast when that episode went out. Literally, don't feel bad if you missed out. Sorry. I mean, within, I'd say, an hour, they were gone. Every, and there weren't that many anyway. So it was only, you know, I wasn't uh, wasn't sending that many out. And I actually felt bad. So I gave out my, my fifth set <laughs> that was going to be mine to someone else. But you know what? I really would love, I can't wait to hear what uh, the listeners that, uh, you know, said they wanted a, a set of them think. So thanks you guys for doing that and listening and paying attention and saying, hey, you know, let me have those. So recently I've just been working out really hard and funny thing happened. I was doing leg day. I finally I finally went to the gym. This program I'm doing has like has three different versions. You can do kind of like a home version, a mixed like home gym, home version and then a full on gym version. And I admit that I don't like to do like any kind of weight training in front of other people. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. It's just something I've always been a little shy about. So I've been doing this stuff at home. Well, so I finally hooked up with a trainer, went to the gym and oh my God, I couldn't even, it was leg day on Monday. I couldn't even freaking walk. <laughs> the next 
day. So I am definitely seeing the difference as far as building muscle. I can tell, okay, I'm not working myself as hard as I would with with a trainer not present. So I'm going to go, I'm definitely going to start doing that, but regularly with him instead of doing the home version myself. I'm very disciplined and I will do, you know, I do all the stuff I'm supposed to do, except I just realized how much more efficient you will be when someone else is watching you or even when there's others around, like, you know, you go to the gym and it was the first time I realized like, shit, there's a lot of hot guys here. Why have I not been, why have I not been going to the gym? I mean, it's obvious. It makes sense, right? Good shit. You know, you can see they're in good shape. They're working out, all that testosterone mixing around. It's so yummy and delicious. And you can, you know, check them out right there and just be friendly and smile. I can be my normal bubbly Layla self, but man, did this guy like seriously work me. And so Goldie was supposed to come over on Tuesday. I had to say, um, can we push it back? Because <laughs> like I pushed him back to later in this week uh, because I was sore as fuck. Oh my gosh, that lactic acid. I mean, I didn't even want to like bend. I just wanted to walk straight leg like I was on stilts. Anyhow, kind of funny. And um, I do have, of course, you guys can stay tuned because, you know, next week I will definitely be sharing our encounter. You know, I love to do that. But um, anyway, this first episode I want to jump into is with one of my favorites, guys, Eric Everhard. You know, I love this man. He's amazing. This was episode 243, my first time with a porn star. So if you didn't catch that, first episode, we actually ended up doing three episodes because I just had so many questions for him. I'm like, there's just no way I can get it all out in one session. And he has all these courses and classes. And I just, I feel like I was not gonna be able to do him justice or you guys justice as the listeners because he's got so much stuff. We did our three-part series and this was the first one, which was actually, um, you know, he kind of kicked off, I believe the start of the year. He really is kind of amazing. Like everything he says is right on. He's such a down-to-earth guy. He totally gets it. He knows what women like and need. I mean, he definitely, I would consider him a sexual expert, hands down. But he also knows what men's limitations are. And I love that too, because he knows they exist and he kind of, and he knows how to get around them. So if you're a guy and you got a penis, then I would highly recommend that you check out his stuff because he really, really is on it. I mean, he's just, he's honest You're in, and he doesn't hold, you know, hold anything back. And, um, oh, bonus guys, guess what? Also, spoiler alert, I'm so happy to have this information. I was on Skype the other day. He reached out and said, hey, what are you doing? You know, just checking in. How's it going? And uh, he showed me a copy of his new book coming out at the beginning of the year. It's The Tao of Eating Pussy. Oh my gosh. I am going to try to get him back on to see if I can, like if we can steal any information, any little tidbits, read some of the chapters, some teasers or something, because that's going to be a book that every man should own. Seriously, every man should own own that. And he knows his stuff. I, w- I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. He is excellent. So here's my, uh, here's a little outtake from my first time with a porn star. Again, that's episode 243. I got to do this and I'm thinking about this. And I gotta, you know, it's like, listen, if you're thinking about what you got to do when you're done fucking while you're fucking, you're with the wrong guy. He's not. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can't, like, if you're not totally present and in the moment and not everybody it's interesting because that's kind of i mean like that's 
I, I what I found is it's frequent for women. I, I talk to women. I talk to you know men, and there's this divide between women who are like, eh, but like they feel like, oh, the sex, I can take it or leave it. And the men who, of course, always want it. And I'm just like, the problem is the men kind of lead. You know, they really do have to, they kind of know how to, how to lead her. Because when you start leading her, like, I mean, she'll be your little cock slut. She will just totally, she'll be thinking about it. She'll be wanting it. You won't, it's, you get her there and, and you're right. Like once you get her there and she is, she's just like, she's yours. Like you're going to. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and even, you know, like when I was talking about leadership, like there's all different ways to sort of create that, that arousal, right? Like it's not always in the bedroom too, right? It's some, some of it's, a lot of it's no, like I mean, I mean, out of I the mean, bedroom. But, but it, it encompasses different things, right? And, you know, one of them that I like to use a lot is danger. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if you can create something that's dangerous, uh-huh. and I'm not meaning like physically dangerous, but yeah. I mean, you know, a, a lot of times, like I like public sex type things, but I'll do it just out of nowhere. Yeah. Just because it does create a certain arousal. I mean, you know, you take your girlfriend and you suddenly slam her up against the fence and you're just, you know, you're all over each other. And you're like, okay, right behind these bushes right now. And they're like, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh my God. Right? But you're doing doggy right there. And it's oh, like, you know, it's the yes. heat of the moment, right? It's like, <gasps> that, that's the kind of thing, right? And <sighs> the danger is, okay, well, we, yeah. we might get caught. We could get busted. <laughs> but if you can interject those moments yeah. Again, that's the leading because no woman's going to say, hey, you know, or very few are going to be like, hey, you know, it'd be great if we just fucked in the bathroom right now, but she'll go if you grab her by the hand and say, that's right. Hey, right now, let's do this. If you- because then she feels safe. She's like, okay, he's confident in what he's doing. It might be crazy, but I'm buying it. He says right. it, I'm buying it. Yes. No, I know. Totally. Yes. Okay. All right. So my next one is... This one you posted here, it says, the power of your mind, your will, and your determination will all factor into your ability to get hard. A strong man can make anything happen. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry, I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal, things said after the show but when I'm still recording, the inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier, bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time, things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners, and additional surprise bonus content so hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. And as a woman, like when I read that, I was like, because instantly what popped into my head is like just this throbbing, raging heart on. And that is just really, quite frankly, such a symbol of masculinity and virility. And just, I don't want dick pics, but I like looking at dicks. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to lie, like, oh, nice hard cock. It's like, you just go, oh, I mean, like, 
It does get you excited. It's and unsolicited ones. Unsolicited. Yeah. I don't want unsolicited because I get I get all kinds of crazy shit in my DMs. Like, don't send me your fucking stupid dick pics because I will I'll do mean things to you and your dick <laughs> publicly. <laughs> there will be memes. Uh, yes, there will be memes. Thank you. But yes, I mean, so again, just a man that's like that's kind of mastered that the power is mind, his will, determination, and like, and then his ability to get hard. Why, why is this like, why do you think this resonates so much with women? Like, it's like the Pied Piper right there. Well, here's the problem that a lot of guys have done. And it's something that I've talked about at length, you know, when I sort of discovered it, because, you know, when I went down this path and I started writing my book, it was like, okay, I knew what I had been doing to be one of the best in the world, but I never really sat down and codified it. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, what is it that I'm doing that separates me from all these other guys? You know, because I've never failed. Like I'm batting a thousand. So, and I started to parse it out and I was like, wait a second. So I fundamentally started to understand, you know, you have two very distinct types of hard-ons. And so this is where you can, you know, and the problem is most people, especially when they suffer from performance anxiety or they suffer to get hard, they have really fundamentally collapsed the two types into one. And actually, I coached a young man about this exact very thing. And and he was almost traumatized because he was thinking there was something wrong with him, that he was broken, right? So, you know, you have the first type, which is is the commonly held belief, right? Whereas you have this, I call it the psychologically created hard-on or the hard-on of the mind, right? And so that hard-on, that is created by visually seeing something or interacting with a woman right? In some fashion, like you're making out with her, maybe you're eating her pussy, but you are in no way anything else is happening. Okay. So it's like you're getting this spontaneous erection out of nowhere that is unrepeatable and unreliable because I could meet it. I could make out with my girlfriend on Monday, bang, hard on in the pants right away. Maybe I make it out, make out with her on Tuesday. eh, Nothing happens. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Yes. I think this is important. I want to go back over this. So it could be unrepeatable and unreliable. Yeah, it is unrepeatable and unreliable because you don't know when it's happening. It's like the the erection gods are bestowing upon you. Okay, today I will spontaneously give you an erection in your pants without anybody touching or doing anything to it. Okay. And then the next day, the erection gods say, nah, not today. Why? Okay. We don't know. And so women shouldn't take this as personally, like... Well, you have to understand that that there's... I like this analogy, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Imagine you and me were like, all right, Layla, let's go party in Vegas, right? Mm -hmm. Do you care that you take a plane to get there or do you care that you drive? No, you're just going to fucking party in Vegas. Right. All all we care about is we're partying in Vegas. Yeah. Okay, so how the hard-on is obtained, we shouldn't be focusing on because that's not what matters. What matters is at the end of the day, we're having a positive sexual experience and we're getting off and we're getting our partner off and we're having a fucking blast. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. So the problem is they don't get the spontaneous erection and then either they feel something's wrong with them. Oh my God, it didn't magically just get hard all by itself. Or the girl is like, he must not like me. It didn't magically get hard all by itself. Mm -hmm. What do we have some elves running around that are just putting pixie dust on it? If I relied on the spontaneous erection of the mind, I would have had a career for four days, not 23 years. Yeah, good point. So what you have to understand is that, so you have on the one hand, you have the erection of the mind, right? Where you have this spontaneous erection that is completely unreliable and unrepeatable. But then on the other side, you have what I call the physically created hard-on, which is the hard-on of direct stimulation. And that is 
completely reliable, completely repeatable, and not only that, is completely 100% in your control, but doesn't require you to be necessarily turned on. What it requires is you focusing on the physical stimulation and feeling the good feelings that are created by it. Okay. Can, let me see if I can follow this. This You're getting deep for me. And I, since I've never had... All I have is my female boner. I'm, which... I'm not going to take the joke that you just wide open left me right there. <laughs> going deep. I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to... I'm sorry. I'm going to give all kinds of corny like innuendos and stuff like... You know, it's my first porn star. When you said like, we're going to Las Vegas, imagine we're going to Las Vegas. I'm like, oh, I've already imagined it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they in touch with your physical stimulation. Would you say, now to me, I feel like we're getting like, I feel like that's maybe more we're getting into sometimes the female sound. Like I can get there in my mind. But for in order, and, and that produ- that will produce some wetness. Sometimes it's crazy wetness because I just kind of naturally am like that. But sometimes I could be just not even there. And then when there's the right stimulation, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, whoa, I cannot deny this. Like I have to focus on this right now because this is good. This shit right here is some this going on. I, I can't say, well, I can, let's stop this because it feels amazing. So is that, am I? Yeah, very similar. Yeah. Am I going, yeah. Am I going down the right path? So I get, and and maybe I've been unfair to men because I always just kind of assume like it's, you know, you guys with your hard-ons, like I think there's a lot of misconception and maybe I've been guilty of this too. It's just like, I feel like men, they have it easy. They have at least, they're naturally inclined to want to get hard and turned on. And actually, actually I have a, they just walk around on a level 10, like Women, you know, we're slow. I've I've often said like, oh, women are slow cookers. Like we sometimes have to build up. Maybe I've been unfair. Maybe men need a little build up too. Well, if you were to ask any high-end professional female porn star, she will tell you the guys have it much harder than them. They will all tell you that. Full stop. Kidding. What does it take for you to get the job done as a female? You grab a bottle of lube, slap some on, ready to go. That's right. Yeah. You will will have a guy because I've witnessed them where they're there for four five hours without a heart on, under the light, sweating, <gasps> oh. everybody hates them. No, no, I've witnessed this often, often. This is awful. So, so the ability to not only get hard in front of a whole bunch of weird strangers, mm-hmm. but then open up and do ridiculous athletic performances while there's a camera, you know, literally up your ass. Yeah. is a very special talent. Yeah. Yes. And... Like I said, you ask any woman porn star, she'll say, oh no, they, they, they work a thousand times harder than we do because we just got to lay back, put some lube, we're ready to go. Yeah. Okay. But so even, do you say that that translates even outside of just, just to men in general? Like let's talk about our 100%, average. 100%. Okay. Let, let's put it this way. Yeah, that's true. Why, why does Pfizer sell so much Viagra? Because men need, they want to perform. together mentally. No, they, they can't get their shit together mentally. It's a most of the people that I've seen out there that are taking it do not need it. You have twenty year olds now hopped up on Viagra. Twenty year olds. That's ridiculous. Because they do not fundamentally believe, but they're so they're so worried about not being able to perform. You know, because that that burden is so great, and they haven't learned any skills to be able to deal with that burden. 
All right, guys. Well, I'm sure you can sort of even, if you never heard any of the Eric Eric Everhard episodes, go back and listen to him. You, you will love it. He's fantastic. And I think you just can see why. I just love him so much. Now, my next guest was... Just some somebody that was so much fun to interview. And she and I, I felt like it was like sitting down with a best friend. We just had the best girl talk. I love when I can connect with another female like that because talking about sex with other women is so much fun. We laugh, we giggle, we get to share stories and, you know, we and get raunchy and get into the nitty gritty and truth talk too. Because I don't feel like women know their bodies enough. I don't feel like... Women have been taught this, that, that we have the opportunities to learn this. And really, we're going to learn a lot of this stuff, or we can learn a lot of this stuff from each other. I'm so happy to be hopefully a part of that, that in the sense that, you know, putting this information out there and hopefully making it just more mainstream and just stuff we can talk about, I think is really going to help. I know how much men and women struggle to master and learn each other's bodies. And problem is, I think women, we don't get enough education. We aren't encouraged enough to explore ourselves sexually, kind of first know thyself, master our own domain, and then be able to be confident about conveying that to our partners. And men aren't mind readers. So I just, what I love about Gabriella is she's, first of all, gorgeous. And she tells it like it is. And she doesn't hold anything back. And she's smart as heck. I love the fact that she's this Harvard Rhodes Scholar using her platform to speak openly about sex, make it more mainstream. It's not just something that's hiding in the shadows. It's not just something that only, you know, women who are in the porn industry know about, you know, it's it's for everybody every female, every man, we really should master ourselves sexually first. And then we can help teach our partners about what really works for us. We'll have the education and the dialogue to do it. So here's a little outtake from this episode's called Harvard Scholar Talks Sex. This is episode 275. Here it is. People are so concerned with pleasing everybody. They're so concerned with showing up and being the flavor of the month for everyone. Like I adamantly and absolutely am not that person anymore. Like, you know, if I, if growing up, I had this kind of nonsense, you know, kind of idea that I needed to be a certain way to be liked or to be loved or to be, and I was able to disentangle myself from that. And what I saw is that in that process, I became more confident in every area of my life. Yeah. Not just career, not just sexually, not just in how I walk into a room, but in every way. And so if we bring that back to sex, because I often think, you know, sex is a microcosm of everything else that goes on in your life, right? Your sex life is not going well. It's usually going to also be other things that are going well. The way you do one thing is the way that you do many other things. And that is just essentially what we need to start to investigate. So I often talk about being a scientist of your own body and a scientist of your own experience. If you don't actually are present and aware of what's going on, what's going to happen? You're going to be disassociated, whether you're having sex with the greatest guy and the hugest eggplant you've ever seen. That's right. Or or not. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And then you're not going to have a great time. Irrespective. 
perspective. So yeah. if you're not able to, I believe, in my, and this is my opinion, right? If you're not able to love and accept yourself and have self-compassion, you are going to struggle in many areas of your life and sex is absolutely going to be one of them. Yeah. Right? So I am a true believer that the way you speak to yourself, the way you nurture yourself, the way you care for yourself, the promises that you keep to yourself are the things that permeate every other aspect of life and that are going to make your experience of life, sex, relationships the best it can possibly be. So, you know, what I feel that holds people back in sex and in life is not actually having those key principles in place of how to practice, how to practice, how do you practice in a practical sense, self-love, self-care, self-compassion, because those are the things that are the foundations for how we show up in the world. And therefore, what that will be our experience of, yeah. of what's there. No, I could, oh, 100%, 100%. I get people asking me questions all the time. I had a, got a really great email in from a lady who was just trying to, you know, her husband wanted her to be more playful in the bedroom and she like wanted to, but she, every time she got to it, she's like, I think, I can't remember how old she said she was, maybe like 48 or something. Every time, you know, she got to, she like chicken out and she couldn't do it. And she would just kind of revert back to just her normal, like, okay, I'm going to get on top and get off. And that's that. There's no, you know, there's just no dressing up or he wanted to do fun things, masturbate together, that kind of stuff. Like she just couldn't do it. And then kind of, bringing in all these other little aspects about it. And I said, I just said, I think these other little things you're talking about here, well, I like to swallow. I don't like to swallow. He wants me to swallow. Like, like these are all just little byproducts. Let's just start with you. That was my advice. I said, let's start with you because I'll tell you what, you don't feel like a hot, sexy woman. You have to start with that. Do what you have to do to feel sexual and alive. And then, yes. believe yes. me, swallowing is not going to be an issue. Masturbating with him is not no. going to be an issue. <laughs> you know, trying different positions is not going to be an issue because you are feeling yourself. But if you're not feeling yes. yourself for whatever the reason yes. is, whether it's just shame around sex, you're not comfortable with your body, there's a lot of things, could be, but you got to start there. That's, that was my advice. You know, I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I mean, I'm not licensed yeah. to give it, but yeah. it's just your No, but you know, but, but you, I think that, it, look, I've been a clinician for 21 years, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that I hear the most in clinical practice is this self-loathing that people experience, that people have, you know, like they focus on the things that are not working within them, within their bodies, outside of their bodies, how their body functions, all of that instead of, okay, I'm not happy with how I look. All right, well, let me get my ass off to the gym. Yeah. Right? Let me look at perhaps how I'm actually eating and what am I doing? And I got to a place in my life about five years ago that I had just had my kids. I was running, I have 42 staff. I was running a big business and just, you know, like a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things that were, that I had to do in my life. And I let my self-care go by the wayside because, you know, like by this point I was breastfeeding for four years. I was exhausted. Yeah. You know, like there's all of those constraints and challenges, but literally I looked at myself one day and I went, you know what? I can't, I cannot continue treating myself this way. I have to prioritize myself. And then I basically went, okay, that's it. I'm going to start bodybuilding and I'm going to start 
with exercise because at the time I couldn't even imagine or think about trying to address my food and how I was eating. I was I didn't eat terribly horrendously, yeah. but you know, like I, I was eating more desserts than I probably should, and I was eating bigger portions that would be ideal to maintain the body shape that I wanted. Right. And, you know, all of that. And so, but I thought, okay, I'm going to pick one thing and I'm going to focus on one thing. And that one thing is going to be getting to the gym five days a week. That is just going to be my one thing. And I'm just going to go for 45 minutes. I hired a personal trainer because I knew that if I didn't, I would be sitting at my desk and I would be having an excuse not to get out and off from my desk. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to hire a personal trainer. I literally had this woman on retainer, six months paid in advance, that's it. Like I'm fully committed. I'm totally in. And uh, and so every day at 7am, I had to basically say that you know, I had to have my nanny arrive so that I could leave. And it was yeah. this whole production. But it was something that I needed to do to prioritize me. I mean, four years on, you know, now, it's, yeah, it's four years on now. And I am like literally night and day, a completely different person. My body, I don't even need to mention it because it's completely changed, Yeah, right? And now I look at myself in the mirror and I go, hmm, you're a bit cute. Yeah, I know. Do you come here often? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I say the same thing. I mean, I- And it's great. It's, you it's, know, it's for me, it's just yeah. like- it's just that thing that you go, hey, I did this for me or I do this. And now it's just a love thing. I just love it. I just yes. go, yeah, I do it for me. Yeah. So some of the things like women are struggling with sexually, have you ever struggled with stuff sexually? You know, oh, like- look, I think that absolutely. I mean, look, when I first started having sex, okay, Layla, this is the answer to you. Tell me that you've struggled having, you know, with sex without telling me that you've struggled with sex. Let me tell you, from the time that I started having sex to my first orgasm was 10 years. No. <gasps> I know. It's like, it's almost as shocking as when you said that you hadn't had sex for three and a half years. <laughs> sex I just wasn't having good sex yeah and look it wasn't even so that you know like it wasn't even that the people and when I say people like I've literally had sex with a, a grand total of eight people I'm right. no Eric Everhard but uh, <laughs> but the thing about it is that people just don't know what to do. And I had no idea what to do. So, and I didn't know, you know, like, because I was young and all of that, I didn't know how to make, like, masturbation conversations was never a thing in my household. And it's not for most households. The truth is of the matter is that. And in fact, we give them very mixed messages about whether it's okay or not to touch your body. And to, I mean, I know that for me, that was certainly something that happened growing up. So at the end of the day, I had lots of scripts, you know, social scripts, cultural scripts. I grew up in Brazil. And so in Brazil, it's really interesting because you can't turn on the TV without seeing a naked woman on the television. Right. But you're meant to be a nun in reality, in yeah. real life, you are meant to be sexual, sexualized, but not sexual. That's essentially how yeah. women are meant to be in Brazilian culture. And so it's not really the usual conversation that you have at the dinner table with your parents about your masturbation and that being a gateway to actual sexual pleasure. Right. And that sexual pleasure is the ultimate point of sex to begin with. So, you know, those things I had to learn much later. And I remember I picked up a book from, uh, there was one day that I was like, okay, enough is enough. You know, when you have to ask, have I had an orgasm? If you have to ask, have I had an orgasm? It's because you haven't. I've never had to ask that. I've I've never had to ask that. Well, (laughs) precisely. 
Precisely. But in the 10 years that I was having sex and not having an orgasm, sometimes I was like, that had been like, oh, that was kind of good, but was that an orgasm? Like, I'm not sure. So wait, 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 wait. Oh, hold on. Was... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to get, I, I have so many questions. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Okay. You did not. Okay. You weren't having an orgasm. Okay. Had you ever had an orgasm yeah. prior to this person, this 10 year span, this 10 year no. span? No. Was no. it the same person over 10 years? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I mean, we broke up, you know, like we had, we were together and then we broke up and there was a couple of other people, but again, no orgasm in those so, kind of encounters either. Okay. So wait, he never, he never asked you if you were having an orgasm or even asked about it at all we were young like you know we were kind of like it was my first boyfriend and he had no idea and i had no idea and it was just like so sad i was back now and i go from when to when oh i have to i've got to break this down <laughs> i understand this. Oh, i think that i I think that we should not make that public record oh okay um, but i mean but, i'm talking about age wise can, when you say young are you talking about yeah, 20s that's, that's what i mean 20s no no i was like okay I think we need to edit this piece out. I'll tell you, but we'll edit this piece out. Well, you don't have to so tell me. You don't have to. You don't have to tell me. I don't want to have to edit. No, it. it's it's fine. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to have to edit. <laughs> well, I I'm trying to think if there's a way you can tell me it's sort of just not so obvious. Look, I was in my teens. Let's just say I was in my teens. Okay. Yeah. So okay, you know, let's say mid teens, mid teens, mid teens. Yeah. Yeah. And then and so. so yeah, that's a long span. But I see- it is, and and it was, and it was mostly with the same person. But yeah, the reality of it is that no, there wasn't a conversation around it. And I think also this is the other thing too. It's like taboo. It's so taboo. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. And also, Gabriella did come back on, and she did a second episode too. So we really got into it, and we we did get out there. On I think the which whatever the second episode we did was, holy cow! I mean, we just kept we just keep going and going and going. And um, I just love her, and I hope to uh, you know have her back on sometime soon. Now, my last favorite episode here. And well, let me just say, when I say favorite, like I love every guest that comes on. I know I said that. It's like, I don't want to be excluding anybody. Everybody is fantastic. And I learn something from every guest, which is fun for me. And it helps promote my sexual knowledge base and my sexual awareness. Gives me fun, creative ideas. I just get so much inspiration from it. I certainly hope you do too. But this next guest is Maitland Ward. And the funny thing was when I first started and just, you know, the podcast and then decided I, I'd like to start interviewing people. I'd like to have it set up the way I do now, where it's like Tuesdays I do my thing and then Saturdays I bring a guest on. She, when I made this sort of like wish list, she was on it. And I really wanted to have her on because I just some there was I was like, this is really fascinating to me. This mainstream soap opera star, teen Disney star now is this porn star. And she doesn't seem seem to care one bit about it. And I mean, in the sense that she's not hanging her head in shame. I mean, this wasn't like a downgrade move because she wasn't getting parts. This was something that really spoke to her and interested her. And she's also finding this really interesting way to make sex, you know, not to sort of create her own lane in the porn industry, which I really love. And it seems to be evolving where now it's more of a high production film that happens to have a lot of graphic sex in it. So, you know, you need actual quick actresses and actors that can handle a lot of dialogue. I mean, 
if you've ever thought about it, I don't know how the how these people do it, literally learning this dialogue that quick, a whole movie's worth memorizing it, emoting and just all that stuff. So, and then she's doing the sexual, you know, that the sexual acting as well. So, I mean, she's really, she's just a good, good actress and smart. You know, there's no, all the stigmas and things that you would think about porn, people in porn. I mean, I've really just put away those stereotypes that, you know, when I was younger, you know, you just kind of thought, mm, I don't know, these maybe weren't good people or they weren't smart people or, you know, whatever the fuck you thought when you were, when I, you know, when I was younger, I just had this sort of image like people from the wrong side of the tracks, <laughs> but not the case. I also, she sent me, Maitland also sent me a copy of her book. It's called Rated X. That's why I named the episode that. And uh, like I said, I hope I mentioned her episode that we did was it's Rated X episode 313. And she's just, you know, she wrote a book. She's she's kind of doing it all. And she's making a lot of money. And she has set up her life the way she wants it to be. And she's not ashamed of it at all. She uses her real name. She's out there. I just am really proud of her. And I really, really loved listening to her talk because it's not just the openness and awareness about sex and her own sexuality. She's smart and she's grounded in who she is. You're not shaking her confidence one fucking bit. I love the fact that as a businesswoman, people told her, don't do this. You're going to wreck your career. And she went the opposite direction and said, no, I'm going to do what I want and what feels right for me. Because I have found in business, usually when you're just going with the crowd, you're just blending in. You're not standing out. There's, you know, you're not going to make this great path for yourself by following the herd. And she certainly hasn't done that. And it, it has paid off. So here's a little outtake from our episode 313 together. Here it is. Hallmark circuit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't want to be part of the Hallmark circuit. I wanted to do my own thing and do something different and yeah, and bold. And I just so, but I yeah, I was able to create my own content, and that it really evolved from there. And, and my fans have been there every step of the way, really. The, if they were there from the beginning, where they've seen my journey, like me, literally in real time, taking my journey and discovering new things about myself and doing performance and sexual performance. And I I was doing that for. Eventually, it led to OnlyFans and stuff, and that that's huge, but. But, um, yeah, but that's before I, right. Okay. Cause I'm going to get, I want to, I have a, definitely want to ask like about that moment, like how okay. that, how that came about. But first let me just, uh, read the second little thing here that I've got merch from your book. And this is on page 96 in case you want to follow along. As uh, we eventually all got each other naked and lay down on the bed, we're both going to take our time with that pussy, the big guy said. <laughs> and I, as I sucked him off, what a wonderfully weird feeling to have a dick in your mouth while another one slides into you. I loved it. Even a little voice in my head was telling me I was going to hell. They took turns with me. <laughs> they took turns with me. We had sex in every position possible. They were synchronized and really knew how to pleasure a woman in the most unexpected ways. Do you guys practice? I asked in the middle of it. And they laughed and I went to sleep with them, thoroughly fucked and satisfied. Okay. The reason <laughs> I highlighted this, my listeners yeah. will know why. Because okay. yeah, the one thing, I have done a lot of crazy shit. The one thing that I cannot scratch off my list of all things, is a threesome. Oh, three, a threesome? You can't get a threesome? Oh. I, it's been my Mount Kilimanjaro. Like, I can't see. I, oh. It's always like, I can't we quite make it happen. Like yeah. Uh, it is very difficult. I have to say, it is very difficult. And and if you read a little further on, they were into each other as well. I know. I, so, when you woke up the next morning, <laughs> I went 
same. I would have been like, what the fuck? I am the star of the show. Yeah. And at that time in my life, I wasn't as, you know, open-minded. I, I was scared of all that. I was scared that I liked it. I was scared of everything, but I did like it a lot. But you know, no, you're very right. It's very hard to get two guys that will do it if they're not bisexual or whatever. Right. Or if they aren't open to that kind of thing. But that's one of the reasons that I love porn because it is difficult and I can have all sorts of group kind of settings. And I recently did my first DP that's coming out. And that is the most difficult thing to find men to do. Like, I, yeah. Really? That's on my list. Oh my God, I have to have that. Like, what? Have you done it? And it's, but it's interesting. It's very, it's, you can't really fuck back as well because you have to let them do it because it's a very controlled thing. Like in my threesome, it was easier with the pussy and mouth and that. But when you're having them both go like this in your ass and your pussy, so. Yeah. But yeah, when you're going like that, when you're at the same time, it's very synchronized. It's an art. It really is an art. There's there's very actually few people in porn who are very good at that. And they they usually find a, like another performer that they're comfortable with that yeah. can that they both are, you know, the same kind of energy and stuff. I don't know, but it's great. You should do it. But oh. yeah, get a threesome. Get a threesome. I know. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's really pissing. It's starting to piss me off. I'm like, I'm going to have an angry threesome. I'm pissed off for you. <laughs> Thank you. I am. I'll find you some people. Could you, would you put no. in a good word for oh. me? Oh my God. That would yeah. be the best threesome ever. Like, it's okay. a lot of fun. It's Maitland a lot of says, fun. We got to take care of this problem. So we're here. Oh my God. I would love it. I would love it. Okay. So was that your first threesome? Yes. Oh, yeah. With two guys? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was my first threesome, but with two guys you're talking about. Yeah. I had, well, I had when I was younger with a guy, and I talk about it in the book. And yes, it was a threesome, but she didn't like want to do it at the same time. It was very fucked up, but I talk about that in the story in the book. But, yeah. but that, yeah, with two guys like that. Yeah. It's not, you're right. It's not easy to find two guys that will want to do it at the same time. Well, this is validation. No, it's for me to find Just a girl. To have you yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear this because I'm kind of feeling like, okay, I have had no problem with all these other fun sexual things I want to do and finding people that want to engage in that with me. Not a problem. Yeah. But this one thing, and I'm like, what is it? Is is it me? It's got to be me. Like, I don't get no, it. No, no, no. It's, it's the fact that like straight guys don't want to be naked with each other and to have their yeah. possibility. It's this very old kind of train of thought. There's very open-minded guys in porn. and But if you find guys who are bisexual... It's you probably could get that done. Although I, I gotta tell you, I, I got a guy that's bisexual, and his, and he won't you know, it. it's like once. Well, no, he wants to, he will, and then once it gets closer in time, then it's then we got to talk about. You know, I'll bring up something. He's like, well, like he's not sure how he feels about it. You know, I'm like, oh god, fuck it. With like, oh, that's interesting. I know, I mean, and I want to be. Of course, I don't want to be like the guy in this going. Just come on, just fucking do it. What's the problem? I'm not gonna like pressure him. You no, know, it's interesting. In a threesome though, in porn, it's funny because they don't like to like sometimes if the guy is really big because there's massive cock in porn, of course. Yes. But then if you have another guy that's smaller than him, like. Even if they're both big, but if one's smaller than the other, it can get the smaller guy very rattled. Like they get very nervous and they think they don't look as good. Nope. I'm already aware of this. So I'm trying to pick a guy that's, I let, I'm letting him pick a guy, actually. I'm like, you pick the guy. Yeah, right. I don't care. Pick him. That way he can, if he's got any like body thing where he's like, I want him to have a smaller dick than me, that's fine. I don't care. 
I really don't care. Just yeah. two hard dicks, please. <laughs> two hard dicks. That's all you need. That's two hard all dicks. you need. Why is this so hard, Maitland? I don't know. I can't. I can't well, quite no, get we're going to help you out. <laughs> all right. All right. And I love when you just said how wonderfully weird feeling, that wonderfully weird feeling of having a dick in your mouth while another one slides into you. I was like, I could feel that moment. I've imagined yes. that moment. And I was just like, so oh, I, so, it's so hot. Okay. This has lit a fire in me. <laughs> What was it like when you were making the transition from mainstream acting into porn? Take me back to how that all happened and what? Well, it's so many years. So many years from there. (laughs) Basically, like I I was talking about before about how I was typecast and not able to do the kind of things that I wanted to do. And and then I was like wanting to express myself sexually and stuff. And I wanted to hide that for so long. Like anything I did that was sexual or deemed bad, I wanted to hide and keep secret and pretend I'd be this good girl all the time. But over time, I really uh, just started discovering myself. And really, like I said, like Girl Meets World, when it came back, renewed interest in the show and uh, the cast and everything when the spinoff came on. And then I was able to really explore things of myself, but doing professional, I was doing the content. And then I remember Vixen called me. I actually had an agent called me to a porn agent who was interested. And he said he was been following my career on Twitter and stuff and seeing the stuff and the popularity I was getting. And, but really it was kind of like a secretive thing, unless you were following me or you knew my, you know, you were on my social media or my, my Patreon or any of that. It wasn't known to the public that I was doing pornographic stuff, but yeah, it was known to the porn industry. And so I had him, but then Vixen Media Group, they called me to work with them. And I was at first, I wasn't sure first when I started doing this professional porn, just because it would be so high profile and everyone would know after that. Because when you're doing your content, you can still you know, there's a degree of anonymity because you'd have to pay for it. And, it's, you know, it's more, it's not just all advertised out there on the sites and places that people, a lot of people watch. So, but I did it and it was exciting. And I did a couple other things, but I, when my scene for Blacked for Vixen came out, it was like a Saturday that it came out and it really crashed the internet. It crashed the web, like it on their end. No kidding. Like their, their site was down. Yeah, it was broke all records. It was, and it was so crazy. But then Caden Cross, who just started the brand deeper with? No, wait. Vixen. Was this a merger with? When you're, I'm familiar with Blacked. Their, with their yeah. content. Vixen and, owns all these brands. Like okay. there's Vixen Black, Black Draw, Tushy, like all of these yeah. different brands. Okay, I didn't deeper. know they were all owned kind of by all the same. Yeah, Vixen is like the mothership of all of okay. them. Okay. So Vixen would call you to work for these sites and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm a contract person for Vixen, but like the face of Deeper. Like, and I'm mostly that. But Caden had just like launched Deeper, which is another brand. So it was more of the feature brand. It was more of the scripted brand. They were going into more of a, a lengthier scripted thing and also wanted to like for awards and stuff. And she had been had just won director of the year at AVN. And so she came over to Vixen with Deeper. But she lost her co-star on the first day they started filming, which happened to be the day my black scene came out. And so she thought like Monday morning, she was going to have to say, hey, I can't do this feature this year that we've planned and everything because I lost this star. And they said, talk to Maitland. And she's like, Maitland? And they're like, she's an actress. She can handle the dialogue and she gets a full script. And I remember getting it and thinking, wow, this is so well written. This is exactly what I've wanted to do for so long. Like thinking about doing a fully scripted piece that's hot and then having the hot sex, but and dialogue and really filmed well. Yes. So it was really a dream. It was really fate because that Monday we met at a Starbucks. And then by the end of the week, we were shooting this first feature that really, that was the big thing that made me become the contract face and deeper and everything. So that was three years ago. (laughs) Yes. 
And I've seen, I've seen just some, I haven't actually seen it, but I've seen on your social media, some of the pictures and stuff. Oh, yeah. And it just, it just looks actually beautiful. Like I'm looking at the clothes. I'm just like, this is a full on, this is not what you normally see from porn or what I've normally seen from porn. It's uh, something different. It's its own category. I don't know what, but I think it's kind of the start of a new, just a new category under the porn genre. Yeah, no, I really think, yeah, it's like erotic filmmaking. We do, we use high-end everything. Yeah. It's high-end filming. We use mainstream, like, people for, like, cinematography and stuff who've who've worked in. They use different names on, but... (laughs) Yeah. Is that what they do? I'm the one who comes out there with their name, pretty much. Everybody, I guess everybody's got a porn name. They just use everybody it really has a porn name. It's weird yeah. because you don't know what their real name is. But right. somebody joked on that, like, "Wow, you're just coming out there with your real name." And I'm like, "Can you imagine if I didn't? Like, if I had some fake name and people were like, isn't that her? Isn't that yeah. Rachel? Rachel? <laughs> She's like all secretive and changed her name. You don't um, look like no. a Rachel, by the way. Yeah." <laughs> No, I mean, Maitland, that was a good call. I think that was, wasn't that when you were a kid, your first, uh, produ- not producer, somebody changed your name and they, they, went oh, with yes. it. they were like, well, my first name, yeah, my first name is, I'm Ashley Maitland. Right. And that's my real name. But my, but yeah, my first agent was like, drop the Ashley. There's too many Ashleys. Just go by yeah. Maitland. So, yeah. so yeah, it's my real name, but it's my middle name. But yeah, my family and stuff still calls me Ashley, but yeah, I, I thought that was a good call on that person. Yeah, part. no, it was it's, way it's back different. when. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was 16 years old, my gosh. Yeah. And now have you had, so, I mean, there's been a lot of really great stuff. I assume that there's been times where you were like, what the fuck have I done? I'm not sure. Have you ever had those like regretful moments? No, I haven't really. No, really? I haven't. It's been, it's weird. And I remember my first scene partner, which was on my content when I was doing full on boy, girl in a threesome with another girl though. When I was doing that, I just lost myself in it and I just loved it. My husband was there filming it with more of my premium content. And in the end, I remember asking my co-star later on, he was like, like, what do you remember about me? Because you popped my porn cherry. And he said, you weren't nervous. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for spending part of your Saturday with me. You know, I always love my time with you. I've been getting getting lots of great voicemails this week and also hearing from people that are reaching out for the first time. I highly, highly encourage this. I am very approachable, guys. I love getting your voicemails. I love your thoughts. I love your input. I get back to everybody. Super easy to do. You just go to thecuriousgoldiaries.com, click on the pink tab on the right-hand side, and you have five minutes, and I will get back to you, and we can start becoming friends. All right, everybody, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.